Yes, you are listening to the right show. This is Goodnight Harlem, and that is the sounds of XXX Tentacion. This episode is dedicated to my cousin who has just recently passed away. And on that note, welcome to episode 29 of Goodnight Harlem. Rest in peace to all. Okay, Avia. As you know, as always, we're going to get straight into these hyper good nights. This is going to be quite a somber episode because there's a lot of uh, things that we're going to be addressing. But uh, there'll be some upbeat moments and we hope you guys will enjoy. Let's start with hyper good nights. Avia, hyper good night to Dame Dash approaching Lee Daniels over the $2 million he owes him. I want to start with you on this. Oh, sure. Thank you. Um, I'm totally hyping this up. <laughs> I am totally hyping this up. So you're you're okay with somebody approaching somebody in public, though? Listen, if that's how you need to get your shmoney, get your shmoney that way. Because obviously it's been years, right? But in public? If that's how you need to get your shmoney, get your shmoney that way. Like I said, you know, I said what I said. It's not, I love I'm how sorry. your opinion is not changing at all. I'm sorry. If it comes down to $2 million, and I've seen Dame Dash's episode of Cribs, he can wear one pair of socks, a new pair a day. So clearly $2 million is not that much to him. But in the general scheme of things, $2 million is a lot of money to owe somebody. And the fact that it's been almost a decade since it's been loaned, and he has not gotten a penny back, not even like a payment back. Get your money however you need to get it. If it's in public, whatever it, whatever it takes. It's not like he had his goons roll up on him at a premiere or nothing. Like he literally. But came he was to at him. a concert though. He was so at a concert. What? He was just trying to enjoy. Himself he said, at a "I'm concert. gonna let you enjoy your night. I can't enjoy my <laughs> night. Where's my two million at?" You want to watch Diana Ross right now? You're just living your best life right now, aren't you? You're just a little happy director, aren't you? Hell no. No, I have I have complete respect for Dame. Even with the way that he rolled up on him because he didn't make it a spectacle. He literally just rolled up on him and had a conversation with oh, him. Oh, he made it a spectacle. He recorded it. He made it well, a spectacle. Hold people accountable. <laughs> however, however you need to hold them accountable. My thing is, if Dame Dash did this a different way, if he came to the internet and said, Lee Daniel owes me X, X amount of money, anyone could have came back and been like, nah, I don't. That's or I already paid you. Or no, that was a that, that was a gift or that was a whatever investment. I don't own you Jack Diddley squat. The fact that he put it on camera is great evidence-wise when it comes to court. And court is all about evidence. So if you and someone else have an oral agreement something that is hard to prove that happened. Yes, let's put this on camera and see how this plays out. Lee, not knowing he was on camera, he could have easily just been like, nah, man, like I don't owe you, like that was an investment. He could have easily flipped the script, but he admitted to it, right? And that's where he fucked up. You fucked up. But the thing that I will be goodnighting is Lee's response to Dame Dash 
trying to credit him for his whole career and all of a sudden just like when no one would give me money disney this and this person wouldn't give me money dane dash did it for me and i appreciate that and because of that i'm gonna give him his money that's owed because he deserves it he didn't deserve it last year <laughs> or the year before that or 2011 or 2010 Big he didn't deserve it yesterday or today where's the money at so i think the fact that Dame put him in a place where he was held accountable and now to the masses, it not only ensures that he gets his money, because if he doesn't, this is evidence and everyone knows about it at this point. He's now done an interview about it, explaining that he does owe him money. And then on top of that, I have major props for Dame for not blasting it in a different way. Like he really followed the non-chatty patty guidelines and decided, look, I'm going to do this the real G way. I'm not going to come at you five years ago and be like, you owe me money. When all that stuff was going down with Lee Daniels and Monique, he could have easily chimed in and been like, yep, he only paid uh, 50K for Monique to star in Precious and didn't give her any extra money off of the millions that they got off of that movie. He owes me millions too. Where's my money at? He could have easily chimed in then. And the fact that he didn't, I have mad respect for him. Complete and utter. What do you say? Okay. Um... I'm going to hype the hell out of hell, Dame approaching him. Yeah. Uh, I have three small things that I want to say about this. The first one being $2 million. My guy, $2 million. How many kids can go to college? I mean, if I give anybody, two, first off, I'm not giving somebody $2 million. But if I gave anybody $2 million and you told me verbally that you were going to make sure I got my money back. I don't care if you're putting my name as executive producer on a project. I don't care that you're putting my name you on any of your... Pa- <laughs> I don't care. I do not care. If I do not get my $2 million back as you stated that I would, we're going to have a problem. I understand exactly how investment work. And here's my second point. Lee says in his response interview with TMZ, well, I mean, it was an investment and, you know, I, I didn't have to. I don't have. I didn't have to pay him back. Uh, but he needs it. What? Wait a second. You you can't have that energy when you've known you've owed me for I don't know a decade and you haven't given my money back. You and now I'm a, now I'm in a position where I can give him the money. So I'm gonna give that man what he deserves. You've been in this position. How long has Boo Boo Kitty on Empire been out? How long has it been out for? What? How much money did you make off of Precious? What else are you involved in? Are you on OWN? Does Oprah have something, some ties with you? Like the butler? Like, hello? You've had the money, my guy. Right. And I think my, my third point, and this is, this is a bigger one. I've lent plenty of people money in my entire life. Plenty of people. And I normally serve up contracts and etc. Dame didn't do that. He didn't put together a physical contract. But... He said that you said, black man to black man, we need to help each other out more. You are making it real hard for any other black investors to want to invest in other black people by doing something like what you just did. Mm. You're making it bad for all of us when we're trying to create a circle and a cycle for one another. So, fuck you, Lee Daniels, as a whole. Ooh, cancel Lee Daniels. Seriously. Cancel Empire. What the fuck? Empire should have been canceled three seasons ago. (laughs) And I'm telling you this right now, Lee. 
If if ever we ever meet in person or anything like that, and uh-huh. you feel like I'm being negative to you, harken back to this thing that I'm saying here. You, my guy, did forget about the culture. Because if he actually gave you that money like he said he did, which you confirmed that he did, and you felt like you didn't have to pay him back, or you felt like you didn't need to address him, that says a lot about your character. That's it. Mm. I want to now go into our next hyper good night. We have we have two hyper good nights actually, but I'm gonna add a third. I'm gonna add a third. Ooh, I so, don't even know about this. One. I'm gonna add a third, what and it's coming add? off of the heels of this one. Avia does not know about this. Yeah, I clearly don't. So <laughs> I'm gonna just do this right now. Mm-hmm. There was something that just came out in the past five days. Uh, that thing that came out was a leaked recording between Monique. And Tyler Perry and Monique's husband. Monique recorded a conversation between the three of them where they're on speakerphone with Tyler Perry talking about her precious residuals and how she hasn't received any money from that. But not only is she talking about that, but she's also talking about the fact that Tyler Perry and himself is a completely different person when he's Medea than he is when he's talking about business. And the reason why she said that was because Medea talks real shit and speaks to people in a way that's not condescending, that's not talking down to them, and is just straightforward. And she says what she exactly what she's going to say and exactly how she feels. She's like, my brother, when you have a conversation with me, I need you to be that way versus the way you're being right now. Because her whole thing was, when it came down to you doing all the things that you were doing on the background when I was doing these movies, the, the movie with you and Oprah, and you guys are mad at me about whatever you're mad at me about, she's like... You could have stood up for me and said, hey, she's not like that. You can't go tarnishing her name. Hey, don't blackball her. Blah, blah, blah. And he's basically trying to, get, trying to get Tyler to open up and just be honest about what took place. And he was honest. The one thing that he rebuted and he said is he's like, you mean you didn't go on the press tour for free like they were asking you to do? And... It confirmed a lot of the stuff that Monique was saying. It really did. It confirmed... A lot of stuff that she was already saying about all of this on the background. But he said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to make sure that you're getting all the residuals coming in from Precious moving forward. Like, so that you don't even have to think about that. Now, Avia, I want I want to hear from you. Hyper good night to Monique recording him to get this information public. Listen, I would be very contradicting and hyping Dame Dash recording himself reaching out to Lee Daniels to prove a point. Wait, wait, wait. But let me say this, though. He doesn't know he's being recorded the same way Lee Daniels doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Tyler is that Perry's not trying to so- in California? Hold on, hold on. Tyler Perry's trying to solve something, though, which is why he's reached out to them. He's trying to solve it, not like Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels is rocking away from me. Tyler's just trying to solve it, doesn't know he's being recorded. Are you still okay with that, though? And at the point that she had this conversation conversation with Tyler Perry, what point was this? Was it way after Precious? Was it? Oh, this is just recently. Oh, it was just recently she had this conversation with This him. is all the stuff she's been talking about the whole oh, time okay. while she's been blackballed and nobody believes her. And so uh, she finally gets somebody think, on the I, record. I think for comfortability's sake and security's sake, she feels like she is still the pariah of this industry. And she feels like no matter what she says... People are going to shut her down and be like, no, no, you're just difficult. And no, no, like no one cares about what you say. And I feel like she did that for a sense of security, showing that, listen, 
I have been telling the truth about XYZ since 10 years ago and no one's believed me. And if this is what it takes for people to believe me, to show that I do have credibility and this is what I went through, then this is what it takes. You, I, you so made I, a very I, valid I point. I feel for her in a certain, to a certain degree. I don't know if that's going to want to work with you again after you do this. I understand, but people already didn't want to work with her before she did this. So she's like, man, I ain't got shit to lose. I'm going to record this conversation. I'm clearing my name. I feel good about knowing that I've been keeping it real this whole time. And when no one believed me and when the truth uh, comes out and the dust settles, people are going to see that I have been this person. Now... Do I agree with people just recording people off of nothing, the strength of nothing? No, but like... But that's her, my point! In her, recording in, in her situation, I feel like she has been given ample opportunity to tell her side, which she has, and people still just want to stomp on her and her situation and make it seem like you're still, you still are not... Like, you still ain't nothing. Like, like who cares about what you say? I feel like people don't care about her side. They want so to look at the fact that she's solidifi- in So recording it solidifies what she's saying more to you. That's where I'm. That's what I'm hearing. If I hear the recording, I can give you a better answer because um, I haven't heard it yet. But and I'm sorry, I y'all. Think, I put her on the spot. She did not know this. Yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't aware of this. I did hear some rumblings, as we say, but I didn't really look into it. But if this was a a a, a current situation that just happened, like I think that's pretty interesting, and I, and I can understand why she recorded it. People don't feel like she's credible because she has been blackballed, and because it is this powerhouse of Oprah and Lee and Tyler and everyone against one person. So I can understand why she did it. Do I agree with everything she said as a whole, especially on the Breakfast Club interview? Not necessarily. So, but hyper, that's so not wait, to say hyper good night to what she did though. I'm like, hyping it. I'm hyping what she did because it's it's showing that she was not lying. And a lot of people do not take what she says for face value because they think that she's lying to make herself look a certain way. And she's done nothing but defend herself. Was it the right time. thing to do, though? It may not have been the right thing to do, but I'm known to hype up things that are just not the right thing to do. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> just because I hype it don't mean it's the right thing to do. It means I'm just... No, I don't care. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I don't feel like you could just hype that because what if, if somebody's trying to resolve something, if they're trying to resolve the issue with you, she, and then you record that. I don't think she should have released it, though. It's, this is my point! I think she should have. This is, this is, this is what I think she should have done. I, I'm sorry, you know. I think she should have recorded it. If Tyler said I was gonna, I'm going to do this by this date, and that date passes, and she reaches out, and nothing is done after a certain amount of time, and then that's when she releases it. All right, but if you're putting it out there, it's kind of like the person who's doing this favor for you or trying to rectify the situation. I can see why she did it because she wants it to be done, and now there's some accountability for him to be held. But I, it just muddles the waters a little bit. Water muddly. All right. My thought is, if if somebody's trying to resolve something with you, let them resolve it. Now, if you want to record it for your own sanity's sake, I don't blame you because you, as you mentioned, you've been put in a position where everybody doubts what you're saying. And not only do they doubt what you're saying, but they're putting you in a position where they just don't believe you. And I think that's unfortunate. But... I do not like people leaking other people's conversations. I didn't even like the Donald Sterling tape being leaked, although he is the biggest asshole in history. Mm. 
I didn't even like that. It made me uncomfortable because I was like, come on, bro. Now you can't be yourself around the people that you thought you could trust. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, damn. Well, that's who you are. That's who you are. You should not be ashamed of it. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) See, this is... (laughs) If that's who you are, then... I'm having a hard time with this. So I, I, so it's like I want to be mad at yourself for being that way because if someone records something, they put it out. It's like, well, you said it. And you I, what, it. What, why can't you have personal conversations with anybody anymore? I mean, you can just be just be on your business. Like, don't be trying to get over on people. Everything will be okay. So I'm in the middle on this. I'm hype night because I want somebody to be able to clear their name. But at the same time, come on, man. We can't have a one-on-one conversation anymore. You got to record this shit? Seriously? I think in her situation, I can see why she did it. If that was the very first conversation that was had... You wouldn't want your conversation getting out. You wouldn't. You would not be okay with that shit. I wouldn't be okay, but if if I was supposed to do something for somebody and I did not do it... And then they felt like they they lost their trust in me. Yes, and, and they you, felt y'all like gonna they address that on that. a personal level. Y'all not you're not gonna have somebody. Yeah, I wouldn't appreciate that. But you know what would happen with me? I would make sure it got done after that. And you, but you wouldn't respect at her least anymore, to clear my name. But you wouldn't respect her anymore, would you? I doubt that there's a respect level even left. Like at this point, Monique is at this point where no one really respects her. Unfortunately, people in the industry okay. do not respect her. She has nothing to lose. She has nothing to lose. She already got out of that whole Netflix thing, right? All right, we're going to move to the next subject. <laughs> this is the final subject, and I want to start with addressing this one. This is Good Music's five album releases in the last month, uh, the month of June. So there was Tiana Taylor's albums, there was Ye album, there was Pusha T's album, there was Nas's album, and then there was the Kid Cudi and Kanye album. So as I said, I'm going to start with this. Mm-hmm. And... I'm going to be blatantly honest. Uh, I'm going to good night most of these. Ooh. The only one that I did not listen to in full is the Tiana, Tiana Taylor album. And Avia has already given me her review of that. <laughs> um, the Nas album did not feel like it was a, a put together. Pro- like Normally Kanye West is so I'm meticulous sure. in everything that he does. And this I felt like. He would. He was taking bars here or there, putting them together, and trying to make it work. Versus putting together one project as a, a conglomerate or an entity. It just wasn't that. And I'm like, what is this? Also, Nas, you hit Khalees, so I'm still mad at you. And then <laughs> it's true. I still feel a way about it. I don't know. I can't just delete it from my mind. <laughs> and then the the Yay album. Me and you kind of hashed this out already. I don't need to get into. I don't need to get into this. It was meh. It wasn't great to me. Whatever. Um, The Pusha T album, Snooze Fest. I actually like Pusha T. I could literally fall asleep on that. Like, give me a pillow and give me Nyquil before you give me this Pusha T album. It was just not that good to me. It was Pillow Princess. (laughs) (laughs) No disrespect to Pusha T. I thought I just called your album sleep worthy. Anyway, and then finally, the Cuddy and Ye album. I heard it. I listened to it twice, and I'm like, I'm probably never listening to any of these tracks again, and that's unfortunate. Even wow. Ghost Town Part 2 is pretty bad. Well, the first track like is fine. One, then. The first track is fine. Ghost Town 1 is fine. Oh, okay. Ghost Town 2, what? So, I'm disappointed. And I think Kanye wasn't putting all of his normal energy into it, and it showed. Do you think it's because... He possibly was working on everything all at once, and things can get kind of muddled. And- I think he was he was putting himself under time constraints that were unnecessary. 
why do you feel like he put himself on such? Because he said that he said that these albums would be delivered in June, and he was trying to make sure that he delivered them, and it was unnecessary. They probably hadn't even started yet. (laughs) He reworked (laughs) Tiana's whole album in a week. How do you do that? Yeah, he reworked his own too. Did this? This is what I'm talking about. So you're giving us half-assed projects because, bro, you normally spend three, four, five months on any given project. So how did you redo something in a full week when I know it takes you a long time because you're a perfectionist? Law Law wants the the three-month album that you didn't release because you put out this week album that you that you put out. (laughs) Right. I want you to have that normal energy that you normally have. So Avia, I'm good nighting the five album releases. I want to hear from you. Um, I didn't listen to Nazir because I don't really care about Nas like that. Like I stated before, like I'll probably listen to it maybe sometime in my lifetime. Probably not. Um, Kid Cudi, I feel like the Kid Cudi album could have been in addition to Kanye's actual album. I feel like that could have just been combined into an actual full length album, not this little seven song skit that we keep seeing. Um, Tiana Taylor, I'm I'm a great fan of her. I love her last album, but this particular album that came out, I feel like it was very all over the place. I just feel like there was no, like I don't know how the songs all lived on the same album. It Tiana was, was mad. That's why they re-released it on Friday. She was mad about what? She was mad about the release. She didn't even know when it was going to be released. One of her friends had to tell her. Yeah, I heard release. they jacked up the, her release date or something like that, right? Not only that, but then in terms of the samples, the samples weren't clear that she wanted to actually She wanted to have Lauren Hill on it, and then that wasn't clear, right? There were supposed to be more songs, and so she's having it released with the songs that she wants that says everything about, everything that I'm speaking of. It's just unorganized. I can tell you that I'm sure she didn't have the Lauren Hill song on the album because I'm sure Lauren took forever to get back to her. We see how late she is on everything. Um, as far as Kanye's album, y'all already know how I feel about that. Um, you can listen to episode 28 if you don't. Right. Uh, Kid Cudi's album, I actually, I actually liked half of it, which would be three songs. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I like the there full was three, a three songs. solid songs that I really, really enjoyed. And that's why I feel like if he could take three songs from every album with the exception of Tiana's, that would be a nice solid good music album like a whole collaborative album i thought that would have been a better thing to do as opposed to these separate little samplers i don't really like the whole seven song album thing i'm not a fan of that i'm used to like growing up we used to have like 18 tracks on the song and like four interludes and like you know commentary and storylines and stuff like that and now it's just like Gosh, I'm already done listening to this album and I haven't even finished brushing my teeth yet. Like, it's weird. <laughs> it's very weird. And I feel like it doesn't give people a chance to actually enjoy a full album because chances are, what are the chances of someone really liking all seven songs? When you listen to a full length album, talk. sometimes you don't like seven songs. You like songs here and there, but if the whole album is seven songs, that means that there's bigger chances of people hating the whole album. And that's just weird to me. Um, I put this post up on Instagram. It was a poll. And I asked, if you had to choose and you had to trade in three of those new good music albums for Drake's album, Scorpion, would you do it? And it was a very uh, close poll. And it was like 47% said yes and 50 whatever said no. And I thought that was interesting. But a lot of people... 
our diehard Kanye. And put oh, I didn't even mention Pusha T. Well, I didn't men- mention Pusha T because I forgot about him. Ugh. Cause like like Law said, I'm sleep though. Like <laughs> I, I I would never yeah. listen to Pusha T and be like so hype about it. What I will say I will hype is his release album parties. They seemed a little cool. Like um, Nas's Under the Queen's Bridge. I thought that that was pretty dope. Um, I thought that his own flying people out to Montana for his release uh, project. I thought that was dope. Otherwise, I'm good. Like good music, but not. Because it was bad. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move and transition into <laughs> the main topic. So we have a three-pillar main topic today. We have Drake. We have X's death. And then we have Justice for Jimmy. And we're going to tackle all these in different ways. So let's start with Drake. Mr. Drizzy. Drake just released his new album called Scorpion. Um, that came out, that dropped Friday early morning. And already it's breaking streaming records, as expected. Avia, I want to hear from you, and I also am going to chime in, of course, around what you felt like the key highlights of the album were. And on top of that, I would love to understand what you thought about the album overall as a whole. And uh, if there was anything you felt like... Um, could have been better or worse. Um, I am still processing. Fair, not fair. I only because there's so many songs. Like, is I could, 25? Yeah, 25. 23, 25. 23, yeah, 25. it's the size of Pusha T, Tiana Taylor, and uh, Nas's albums. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's actually more than that. But um, I'm really still processing because it's not only because it's so long, but because there's so much lyrical content within it. And that's what I appreciate about Drake is that he's the one rapper that actually makes me sit and listen. Um, And I actually, so far, I like his album. Is it a club banger? No. And I think that's where people kind of went wrong when, when it came to expectations. I think people thought... One side was going to be a club banger and one side was going to be R&B. And that's not what it is. To me, one side is non-R&B and one side is R&B. Now, are those non-R&B tracks club bangers? Not all of them. But I think the lyrical content is more important to me from him because I don't look for Drake to be the club banger artist. Like everyone's like, okay, the summer doesn't start until Drake drops his album, which I agree with. It's become that. Well, the, well, the, it has me, become me, that let me, expectation. Let me jump in here. I hate to jump in during your no, I don't care. piece of the pie on this. Um, a part of the reason why people expect bangers from him is because whenever he does a feature, those are bangers. Literally, bangers. The song, yes, indeed, could have been Drake's song. And Drake said, no, I'll just let Lil Baby have it. That's Lil Baby's words. That song would have been huge on his album. People would have like flocked to that had he never put it out beforehand. Uh, the song with him and Block Boy. Honestly, if Drake's not on that song, I don't care about the song. Mm-hmm. So shout out to I Drake agree. on that. But those are bangers. Yeah, they are. So people are expecting him, like, maybe you're going to give us a few of those on here. And he doesn't do that. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. But he just doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Instead, what he focuses on is giving you 
words to digest and go back and create quotables on things that you can use on your little selfie right everyone has a great uh quote under their selfie because it really applies um yeah but you know what i don't expect that from him and i think that's that's where the misstep happens people because they know that drake can create bangers when an album is being released they expect those bangers to be on the album that's what the album is about but I think on on a different stance, people appreciate his honesty and his rawness and the way that he words that and puts that together just as much as they do a club banger. So for anyone who doesn't like his album, they've come to that conclusion and they're not going to revisit it, I feel bad for you because you really haven't given it a chance. Like it's been, there's a lot of songs, there's a lot to listen to, there's a lot to look up. Like for me, I'm like, man, I didn't even know about this. Let me look this up. Um... There are certain songs that I wrote them down because, you know, I'm horrible at remembering songs. That's right. Horrible at remembering songs. That is true. Um, The songs that I wrote down that I loved were Final Fantasy. Wow, that's shocking. Why? No, continue. I just thought it was, the beat was tight. I liked the, um, I liked the, I forgot, what was the... What was the the interlude that came after that, directly after that? I forgot what it was, but I liked it. Um, the Don't Matter to Me with Michael Jackson, I loved that. Um, the Is There More song with the Aaliyah sample at the end, okay. I liked that. Because I felt like he addressed a lot of things that people didn't really know about. Um, after Dark, I'm a huge Ty Dolla Sign fan. Um, he's actually part of the reason why I like certain songs on those good music releases because he was on a couple of them. Um, and I like the beat on that. I feel like it was a good party jam. Okay. Um, and Emotionless, I really, really liked because I feel like Drake touched on the typical girl on IG and how social media plays such a huge part in how people live their lives as far as what they want to show people and what they're really about and what they're really going through and the juxtaposition between that, how people try to act like their life is one way and they're really going through something else. And I really appreciated him even touching on that. Um, I just want to, I'm going to stop you there because I want to, I want to get into emotionless a little because to me that is the best track on the album okay. by a mile. All right. Now, the reason why I feel like he did that, he wanted to set it up to say, this is why I haven't exposed the world to my child, which that's a line in there too. Mm-hmm. So I want to address both of those things. The line that he says, and he's talking about the IG models, I'm just going to read this verbatim because I wrote this down. He says, I always hear people complain about the place that they live, that all, <laughs> that all the people here are fake and they got nothing to give because they've been starting at somebody They've been staring at somebody else's version of blank that makes another city seem more exciting than what it is. I know a girl who whose one goal was to visit Rome. Then she finally got to Rome and all she did was post pictures for people at home. And then his next line, because all that matter was impressing everybody she's known. I know another girl that's crying out for help. But her latest caption is leave me me alone. And then he goes into the final two. He goes, I know a girl that saves pictures from places she's flown to post later and make it look like she's still on the go. Look at the way we live. 
Now, he sets all that up to say his next line about himself, in which he says, I wasn't hiding my kid from the world. I was hiding the world from my kid, which then became not only a meme, but it became him (laughs) expressing the thing that he felt like was necessary to say around why his child wasn't in the national news. I would love to get your perspective on the setup to that, leading into that, and how those two things connect, and how he's he's trying to change the narrative. Well, I know you and I. So, Law and I had a conversation uh, briefly about uh, what March fourteenth. Yeah. Um, was it March thirteenth, fourteenth? Fourteenth. And we kind of disagree on how that song was created and when it was created. Yeah. Um. I believe that song was created after the Pusha T drama came out, and Law believes that that song was bound to be on the album regardless of what happened with Pusha and his T. Um, I don't think that Drake was going to tell the world about his son. Personally, this is my opinion. Um, I remember and I, when the song came out, I was like, you know what? Drake recently mentioned about if he had a son or if he had a kid, he wouldn't be moving a certain way. And I had to look it up because I was trying to remember what song it came from. And it was from his Portland song. And he said, I could never have a kid than be out here still kidding around. It was a Portland song with Migos. And I remember that line so distinctly because I was thinking to myself when that song came out, like, yo, you know what? Drake doesn't have kids. Like out of all these rappers that are out and hot right now, a lot of them have kids and he actually doesn't, which is shocking to me because I feel like Drake has put himself in plenty of situations where he could have had an accidental child who knows how many times a year. Um, I I think that March... Uh, 14th. I keep forgetting the date. <laughs> what day did he find out, my God? Um, March 14th. I think that he wrote that after Pusha because I feel like Pusha put him in a place where... He released so much information about Drake, so much, that the only thing Drake could do to kind of salvage that whole situation was to be like, you know what? I'm going to give y'all everything I know. I'm going to give you everything I know, including the, the amount of interactions I've had with my baby's mother, including when I saw my child, how many times I've seen my child, what I did for him, how I feel, how I hope that, you know, eventually when he hears his record, I hope that me and his mother are at a better place. He gave all these little details about how his mom told him it only takes one time to have a child. And I feel like he did that because he took control over that situation at that point. It's like the only way he could control someone else telling his business, which he said, I don't talk to the blogs I talk to the people that I want to listen or I forgot how the how the line went is something in the gist of that. Yep. I feel like someone took that power away from him of him being able to say to the world, this is my son, this is what happened. He could not do that first. Someone else did. So the only thing that he could do at this point was to back it up and give them details that maybe other people don't know. So that at that point, he can wash his hands clean of the situation and say, "Look, I gave y'all everything. Whatever Pusha T is talking about, talking about, oh, I have more. There's more where that came from. Whatever information I got, I gave it to you guys. I gave you everything I know, which is not that much about the situation. And so I, I, I feel like he did that to kind of clear his name. 
I don't think that he would have just written that down in a track like that. And, and this just is where because, Ali is especially, right. especially if he doesn't we, want the blogs to know. We have completely opposing views on this. I think March 14th was already written. I think it was. And the reason why I said that to her, I'm like, the way that March 14th is written is written from the perspective of surprising the audience that I have this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the untold story, and this is how this thing came about. Mm-hmm. Now, if this was done after the fact i think he would have actually addressed and said the girl's name because why because at this point it's already known he would have just been like blah 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 blah. he wouldn't have had any reason not to say it because pusha t has already put the information out there to the world now he doesn't address any of this stuff he just goes this happened twice he goes through the motions of how all this stuff happens and it's the last track for a reason because he's normally his most exposed on his final track. I don't think anything else would have been there in that space. Like, it feels like this was his, like, wow, this just happened. And if March 14th is the date that he found out and his camp knows, who do you think he would have told that information to? And this is what I was telling Avi about my own theory on this. Who do you think he would have told this information to? Because nobody else would have had this information. That it was a hundred percent his. Like, it's not about who he told. The, oh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. So here's what I was saying to Avi about it. I feel like he had a conversation with Kanye West about this, and he told Kanye West this stuff in confidence. And I think Kanye West ended up blabbing this stuff to Pusha T because Kanye right now is a fucking loose cannon, and eventually that becomes the thing that Pusha T uses as a a bullet in his holster, and it's not that much of a bullet when most and this is really sad to say uh the majority of black homes are split and the father's not there so this isn't like some oh my god um which is why i didn't think the push of t this was some big deal i was just like oh y'all hyping this and lyrically it wasn't that great to me because there's nothing about any of his verses that were actually memorable nothing the push of t doesn't have a single analogy in there there's no nothing I didn't think Drake's Infrared diss was, was the biggest track. I didn't think Drake's diss was that great either. Like, neither one of these tracks were that good. No, and I'm like, wasn't. y'all hyping this stuff, and it's not that great. Um, so I said all that to say, I think uh, that was, Emotionless is a great track because of how he set everything up. He did the setup and explained to you, and to, to be able to control the narrative of, this is how people are on social media, and I cannot stand this stuff. I'm not going to expose my child to all this stuff just because you guys think that I should. I'm cool with telling the people that are closest to me this information, and that's where it should sit. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I think that's a smart way to go about it. That's my two cents on that song. I I think that... um, I know this all stems from emotionless, but now I'm focusing on March 14th. Um, the, The reason why I don't feel like he mentioned Sophie's name is because... If he wrote the track after the Pusha T disc, there's no need. It's like, we already know that information. So now what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to give you the background story. And this is how it happened. And I didn't, you know, I felt a certain way. And I don't want to raise my kid in this, you know, one parent household. And I never wanted my life to be like this. You know, I just feel like he that was his way of taking control of the situation and being raw and honest about it and i can't tell you how many guys can probably relate to having a child they did not necessarily want 
or plan for who can listen to that track and be like, man, I feel this. Man, I've been there. And so much so where they will overlook the fact that the tea was dropped by someone who wasn't Drake. I feel like this was Drake's way of taking his power back and giving us the nitty gritty. And I appreciated him for that because he didn't have to. But he gave me more than I actually even anticipated, honestly. I don't, I don't think this actually does anything for Drake's career long term. And here's why. No, I don't. This think is so. this it's, is yeah. this is Drake's Will Smith. And if you guys don't know what I mean, Will Smith had a son with his original wifey or whatever she wife. was to him. She was his wife. And nobody ever really talks about that kid. I'm just being blatantly honest. Nobody ever really talks about him. Everybody only talks about Jaden and. <laughs> I feel yeah, bad because... in Willow. Wait, but he has another, he has a whole other kid. Nobody ever talks about him, which is why he's trying to give that kid more shine now that he's older. And it's just weird because I'm like, that dude looks way more like Will than both Jaden and Willow. Like, way more. It is unreal. Yet, nobody ever addresses it. They're like, oh, whatever. And because... they think of Will Smith as the ultimate family man, too. Because he found the person that he wanted to be the family guy too, right? But it, Will Smith but, didn't have his child out of wedlock. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Will Smith also wasn't in the public light. Like Will Smith also wasn't in the public light with that kid. He wasn't showing that kid off. He hasn't done half of the stuff that he's done with those other kids. What are he's you not, talking it's about? Not, it's never been the same with that other kid. Trey has that. You don't even wait, know his name. Wait, wait, wait. Let me do this for you. When has that kid been involved in the industry? The way that Jaden and Willow have. Trey was a DJ. What you're not answering my question. What do being you mean a involved? DJ, well, being a question? DJ is not. I'm getting you a movie. It's okay. not. Well, it's not you, even close. Okay, I can understand giving a movie, but just because he didn't give Trey a movie doesn't mean that's what Trey wanted to do. If Trey didn't want to do a movie, then it would, I'm sure if Trey wanted to do a movie when he was five years old and there was an opportunity where Will could have included him, he would have included him. I don't doubt that for mm. a minute. Uh, I don't doubt that. Easy. Trey used to go to premieres with them. He used to be on the red carpet. Trey was around. So if other people just chose to forget the fact that he had a son before uh, uh, Jaden, then that's their prerogative. But I knew about Trey. Trey was in the uh, Just the Two of Us video. So it's not like Will didn't give him any sort of shine and he just had this baby and no one knew about him until he got older. They're like, oh, there's another one. Like, people knew about Trey. I don't understand why that's like a, a actual thing. That's weird. Um, I, I think that... <laughs> I think that Drake just felt like he had to address this. I don't know how he, it, based off of what I think, I don't know how he would have addressed it if it wasn't because of Pusha T, but that's just how I feel. And I, I appreciate him for that. And I think that he changed his album. I'm sure he changed his album a little bit because of the feelings that he has being this new single father, which is not what he wants to be. And I feel like that could be another reason why he doesn't have these party tracks. Like, everything is very deep and emotional. And as far as how did it get out that he had a child, I don't think that it was Kanye that said anything. I don't, personally, I don't even think that Kanye knew. I feel like when you have a child with somebody, there's two to tango. This girl, Sophie, was on Twitter saying Drake is a deadbeat. <laughs> Last year. Last year. Mm -hmm. So it really didn't, it doesn't take much for your information to get out. And I think that's another thing that, that Drake addresses is that 
sometimes he doesn't know who to trust. But, uh, and I'm not saying that I it was one of his own on, people. Let, let, I'm going to only just the Sophie situation one time, like a realistic conversation about it. If I'm Drake and every single time I sleep with anybody, people try to push papers on me. Like they're like, oh, I have a child. If every single time. And I know you've tried to get pregnant by multiple celebrity men. Mm-hmm. And you think I'm going to believe you. You're you telling me this is my child. Listen, I understand Drake's hold, point of hold view. I'm, I understand I'm just gonna, No, I'm addressing the whole point of... I've read those tweets and the whole deadbeat thing and all this. I'm mm-hmm. like, that is... It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yes, you, are de- you, ma'am, are definitely going to have to prove whether or not of this course. is my child. I don't give a damn where her whole thing's like, well, you know we did what we did. Like, he's like... He's like, I'm Drake. Do you know how many how many people assume that I'm the child, that I'm the father's child? I mean, the child's father, whatever. Or that. I mean, because even last year, there was like two girls that claimed that they were having kids by him, I think. I don't I don't disagree with him getting a paternity uh, test. Man, okay, we turn this into two gossipy. We're messy right now. All right, let, let's get out of the mess. Let's get out of the mess. We're talking, we're talking about this album, and we got too hung up on one song. We didn't even cover anything I mean, else. That song was banging. <laughs> So the, the the rest of the album was there any other standouts for you? Is there any other ground that you want to cover? I named all my standouts. What are your standouts? Okay, uh, my standouts as a whole. Um, I think Drake did a good job on Mob Ties. Um, the number one song right now of his album that I don't like, but the people for whatever reason like, and don't ask me why, uh, is wait, what's the name of it? Uh, nonstop. nonstop. Oh, I don't know why they like that. Whatever it that track like is, Migos. that track <laughs> is not for me. But for whatever reason, everybody else seems to like that. Uh, anyway, as far as my standouts, I'm giving it to uh, Mob Ties, eight out of ten. Sandra's Sandra, oh sorry, Sandra's Rose. Uh, what else? Jaded, finesse, oh, like in too. my feelings, and after dark is okay. You don't like Final Fantasy? March 14th. No. Trash. What? Okay. March 14th and Talk It Up are my other big sleepers on the album that I feel like people aren't going to be listening to as much as they should. But they I, really wanna, I really want to address the Talk It Up thing that had everybody trending on Twitter about what Jay-Z had said. Uh, Jay-Z has a line in that song where he addresses at the very end of the song where he says, and I quote... Y'all kill X and let Zimmerman live. Streets is done. Now, if y'all don't know what he's talking about, he's talking about X, and then X being XX Tintashian, and Zimmerman being George Zimmerman, who tragically killed Trayvon Martin. Now, all of this stuff took place in Florida, by the way. That's where the crazy people live. <laughs> no offense to any Florida listeners we have. We love y'all, but you guys know your state is crazy. Word. <laughs> I'm not even going to deny that. But Jay-Z saying this became a trending topic for one of two reasons. Either you were on Jay-Z's side and saying, come on, y'all y'all aiming your bullets and your guns at the wrong person. Like, I don't even know how this is possible. Well, on the flip side, there's people like Waka Flocka. They're basically saying, Jay, you rich as hell and you blaming these kids who don't have anything you want them to take a charge for the rest of their life to kill somebody that you yourself could probably have done for little to nothing? Really? 
That's a strong. That's a strong message. Now, both ways, I don't condone somebody killing anybody under any unless they need to be killed. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. I'm I don't know kidding. who my pod partner is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I do get Jay Z's messaging. I do get the other side of the message too. Like, bro, you're rich as fuck. In fact, one of the guys. You I'm said saying, I get the other side, but I don't agree with to the killing. I don't. <laughs> I also get the the flip side of what people are saying. Like, yo, you're rich as fuck. Like, what are you talking about? In Kill fact, yourself. You're the same person that shot your brother, so you're telling us you can't shoot. But Jay Z, we can't a lot of judge Jay Z off of pre Beyonce. Jay Z, he's a changed man, supposedly. Right. <laughs> which then leads us to our next part of the conversation, which is around the death of rap artist XXX Tentacion. If for those of you who don't know, that man was killed recently, not even two weeks ago. Uh, Avi was just leaving on her vacay the day of or the day before. And so we weren't able to cover this topic a while ago. Lo siento. Now, there's a there's been a lot of people talking about this in different ways. And I'm hoping that we're coming at this in a better way than other people have. So what I want to do here is not focus on um, his death as much as the things that surround it and what people are saying about it. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that came out of this was a lot of people, and it was the first time in my entire life that I've ever seen this, where people are literally just reading off all the negative things that have ever happened, that has ever happened in his life, that he's been a part of, that he's contributed to society, versus just wishing condolences. Now, understanding where these people are coming from uh, specifically with the domestic violence. And all you guys who listen to this show understand exactly how I feel about domestic violence. Domestic violence is fucked up. I'm not appreciated. I'm not appreciative to anybody that does that. And I've even said in previous episodes, he is problematic for that fact. That he has been through the legal system for domestically abusing someone. And not just one person, two people. I said all that to say, he also has a history of uh, robbery. Uh, theft um, and he also is the same person with a <laughs> and kidnapping uh, <laughs> a history of provoking other individuals as well as being provoked uh, in multiple cities which is what led to him being punched in the face on stage there's a lot of, there's just a lot of things that have happened in his short lived life in the last five months of his life though he turned himself around He really felt like he needed to change in order to make his life better. Now, I'm not saying that that excuses any of his past behavior. But what I'm not going to do is be the moral authority on what you should and shouldn't do and how you can and can't grow from these things. I'm the same person that has said in the past, I do not like Floyd Mayweather. I will never listen to anything Floyd Mayweather says. I'm not going to watch any of Floyd Mayweather's things, which is my moral high ground of bullshit on Floyd. I have a I do. I have a moral high ground thing on Floyd where I'm like it's just unacceptable. He has done it way too many times and has not been at all in any way remorseful of what he's done. And it bothers me. It really does not sit well with me. So on the flip side, if I can see somebody that's remorseful for the things that they've done and is basically saying I want to evolve and grow as a person, I'm all in on that. I really am. Which is why, in turn, I've given, I gave my, 
Mike Tyson a second chance. And I can't believe I'm bringing up Mike Tyson in this situation, but this is truth be told. If you can sit there and watch a Floyd Mayweather fight, or you can sit there and watch a, a Broadway show, not only produced, but starring Mike Tyson, and you're telling me that you're angry and you're furious with this kid, and I use the word kid seriously because the guy's not even 21, then I have an issue with the conversation you're having because you're contradicting yourself. I've admitted my contradictions, and I hope you guys are able to do the same thing. I've admitted my contradictions because although I don't agree with Floyd Mayweather and I won't watch anything he's just, I'm the same person that would listen to R. Kelly's music, which I've said uncomfortably, I am slowly weaning off of R. Kelly's music as a whole because of this. I don't purchase any new R. Kelly music, and I don't listen to a lot of his old stuff, but I understand where I'm like, I'm a part of the problem. But it's weird to me that people are on these moral high grounds where they're like, oh, that guy did this. I'm fine with that. But you condemn the 20-year-old. Or when he was doing this stuff, he was 17 and 18, which is even worse because he's a fucking baby. I am never going to be the person that tries to uh, diminish and or talk as if domestic abuse is light. I'm also never going to be the person that acts like people can't evolve and grow. Um, so I have a hard time with people just not only disrespecting him as a person when he dies, but looking at him only one way through one lens. That's hard. I'm not going to do that because I also understand what he meant to a lot of the youth. He talked about depression and he talked about mental health in a way that no other artist in his generation is doing. And in fact, that most artists that are even adults can't do. Like Kanye. Seriously. Yeah. And Kanye even admitted, you influenced me before you died. I never was able to meet you, but you influenced me. That says a lot. I think it's interesting how many stars came out after he died saying that they were supporters of him. And I was just like, why Why wasn't that conversation had before he died? Like, why did they not tell him? Oh, if there's if there's, there's the, several people that co-signed him while he was alive, like Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar co-signed his album when it was released. He was like, um, no, nah, y'all got to listen to this. There's a Twitter post of that. I, um, and people destroy Kendrick for that, by the way. I think anyone who is is judging him based off of what he's done is not part of his uh, targeted fan base. I think anyone who's judging him is someone who's older, who knows better, and who's like, this is how you should should have lived your life. Absolutely. Anyone who's not is able to either see, oh, he's young, he's had a rough life, this is, he, he's a product of his environment, and this unfortunately is what has come from that are his actions or they are a teenager. And I have to be honest and say that I never really listened to his music until he died. I'm one of those. Mm -hmm. Because I wanted to see, I, I think for me, I was just very, very shocked at how many fans he had that came to that stadium in Florida for his memorial service this girl who was 16 flew down with her mother from Michigan. I read this article about that. And I was like, wow, he has a huge 
fan base more than I, I could have ever imagined, honestly. So that's actually what made me listen to two of his albums. Um, and I have to say that though they don't really speak to me currently in my in my current state as far as my my mental well-being right now like I, I it makes me wonder what are these kids going through that is the biggest question that went through my mind as I listened to his album he makes good music and he touches on depression like you said in a way where other people haven't and you can tell that he is troubled like really troubled internally and and it it makes me and for this amount of this amount of kids to really relate to him in this way makes me wonder what are kids these days going through to treat him and to look at him like he is like the tupac of their generation because that's what i think of him in that way he was this street kid who made music that spoke to um thousands of different kinds of people and didn't care if he lived or died and kind of knew that he was going to die and kind of predicted that he was going to die and he was like if that's what happens that happens and he accepted it prior to his death but I, I that is what speaks to me more than anything is that listening to his music makes me realize how many of these other kids across the world are troubled too in order for them to be able to relate and I watched some of these videos of these kids who were at the memorial, outside the memorial, and every single one of them that they interviewed, they all said similar things. I felt like I knew him. They're like, he just, he was like one of my friends. Like I, I never met him, but I felt like he could have been one of my friends. And like I was going through some things and I just felt like he just like talked about what I was going through without ever meeting him and like I just loved him so much and they feel this closeness to someone who they have never met and in that aspect I can understand because I was a huge and still am a huge Aaliyah fan and I remember the day that she died and I remember how I felt and I remember how it affected everything for me as far as like wow she died at 22 and I remember how it felt mourning someone I never met, but I felt like I did through their music. And so I can understand that aspect, but the content of his music is what kind of rocks me as far as why so many people relate to him. I have a response to that. So my first piece of the response is I think teenagers have been dealing with stuff like this for years. The difference is we're in a, a, a social awareness era where kids are much more aware of themselves and are a lot more self-aware than we ever were as children and our parents were I thought you and so say, on. I thought you were gonna say we're in a social media area, which is what I'm thinking of. No. But like, that, that takes kids, an impact though. Kids are way more self-aware of these issues because things are talked about now. Things weren't talked about when we were younger. Like, like but, remember, remember when we were younger, we thought of like uh, being bulimic and or uh, what's the other side anorexia. of anorexia? Anorexia. Those are like it was like a thing. People were like, "Oh man, she dealing that." That was it was such a thing for us growing up where we were like, "Oh, how does that even happen to you? How do you not want to eat?" And that's mental. Like it was mental, and we just didn't compartmentalize it to being mental. We were just like, "I don't know what's wrong with her." But I think social media does 
make a big impact on why these kids right now are going through things crazy emotions that they shouldn't be feeling i think kids have always been going through these crazy emotions they're able to compartmentalize it in a community together and talk amongst one another in social spaces because of social media and they're able to find artists that are like him that can speak to that in a way that they can relate to and i said he's done something that i don't feel like any other artist is doing he's made an he's made it upbeat poppy how do you talk about depression in an upbeat poppy way if you listen to the song sad kanye which, does it all the time which the name of the song <laughs> is sad by the way and it's an upbeat up-tempo song that he's talking about losing somebody in a relationship being sad about it but then it feels like you should be able to dance to it which is weird i i equated him to having the rhythmic and rock sensibilities of both Drake and Chester Bennington, the lead singer of Linkin Park, and the psych- psychological aspects of Joe Budden mixed in with Tupac's personality. That's what he is to me. Like, he understands melody the way Drake does. He has the rock sensibilities of, like, Chester. And then from, like, a just a mental standpoint, he's Joe Budden. Joe Button was always going through depressive shit and has always been talking about depressive shit. He's that with Tupac's personality of I don't give a fuck. I can die tomorrow. I don't give a fuck about the cops. I don't give a fuck about you. I'll do this to you. What are you going to do to me? He has those things. And that's a rare combination of things to have. And to be able to turn that into something musically that these kids can approach is amazing to me. I do say on the flip side, though, in terms of his death and why he died, I didn't like the p- fact that people were like painting this as karma. Like, ah, this is karma. I was like, that's not how karma works. Karma isn't this. Karma would be you did something wrong to somebody, something comes back to you the way that you did it, right? Or karma is I took this from you and then fucking guess what? That gets taken back from you in some way that's just as shattering to you. This had nothing to do with anybody he's ever dealt with. This has nothing to do with any of his past uh, beefs with anybody. None of that. Somebody wanted to rob him because he had money. So not because of who he was? They just was like, no, they were like, he has money. I'm going to go get his money. So they didn't even know who he was when they shot him? Oh, they they knew he had money. So, of course, they had to know who he was. They're like, he has money, though. Mm. And he lives in our area. So we're going to get the guy we know that has money. Mm. When they went to go get him, there was a struggle to get his bag, which has the money in it, the Louis Vuitton bag. Mm -hmm. Because they were struggling to get the money from him, they shoot him. Clean shot. And then they grab the bag. Now, had he not wrestled for the bag, I don't know. Will will he still be alive? I don't know. But I do know this. A lot of comedians, artists, etc. that have stated, like, if somebody's come, even 21 Savage was like, if you want my shit, I'm just going to give it up. That's what it was his response to that. He's like, I'm this is not I'm not about to be fighting you for like he's like, it's money. You can have whatever that is. I actually went 21 Savage on that. Ain't gonna be no struggle for me. Have it. Do you feel like um he is he has become the sacrificial lamb for this could happen to you too, type of thing? Where I feel like a lot of these young rappers, skittlehead rappers, like I call them. Oh, Takashi. They just be saying things and doing things with no regard, and they think nothing's going to happen to them. And this situation happens, and 
do you think that this is the type of situation that's gonna make people, these young rappers, think twice what? about how they're living their life, what they're saying, what they're putting out there, the energy, the, do you think that? Knowing yes, knowing yes. One, Takashi even admitted, like this grounded him a little bit. He talked about that. A little that. bit, it should ground you a lot. <laughs> Someone just got their life taken away. But the reason why I wouldn't is because it wasn't because of the things that he was doing. It was just, you a rich nigga in my area. Right. So imagine being a rich nigga in the area and you're doing crazy stuff on top of that. The only thing that they ruined, he didn't have security on purpose because he said, I want to be one with the people. That was that was X's thing, which <laughs> Takashi does not run that way. He lives in New York City. He knows you trying to be one with the people. They'll be one That's with you. That's why he right. feels safe to run his mouth. A lot safer. Mm-hmm. He's running deep. X isn't that way. X has called him so many times like, yo, you need to change how you're moving. Right. I remember seeing what a text message between them or something like that. I, I said all that to say, and this was a larger point I was going to make about the X situation. Um, it, it's, it wasn't about karma. It was about somebody wanting something that you have. And in general, that can happen anywhere. Anywhere. It does not matter. So after he pulls a gun on you, you shoot him. This is the other part of it that bothers me more than anything, and I couldn't wait to address this on the podcast. He was still alive for anywhere from another 15 to 30 minutes. He was still alive, bleeding out. And do you know what people were doing instead of taking to the hospital? That's how I saw the video. They were recording him. What? The man is dying. You're recording him. You could potentially save his life by taking him to the hospital. Instead, you... You walk past him as he's dying. You can't be serious. You cannot be serious. You can't. It just can't be real life. Then I thought about what happened in New York City. I want to say it was five, six years ago. Somebody drops, I believe, their phone down on the tracks. He goes to grab his phone. He drops down on the tracks. Goes to grab his phone. Comes up. And is trying to pull himself up. A guy, instead of helping him pull himself up, takes a picture of the guy pulling himself up as the train is coming and he loses his life. Mm -hmm. Yep. That becomes a picture on the front of, I believe, the New York Post. Mm -hmm. Yep. You can't be serious yet again. What, where, what, what are we doing? You see how social media is running everything though? You see how is so, so when I bring up social media, I I initially was bringing it up in the way that yes, we we all went through this teenage angst when we were younger, but we didn't have phones, we didn't have memes, we didn't have cyberbullying. I mean, to a certain extent, if you want to count, like I don't know what platforms people were on AOL chat Black rooms, Planet. Black Planet, like whatever <laughs> we were on, but it was to a whole different degree, and now it's like social media has, yes, in a good way, has, you know, exposed things that we would have never found out about before, but it's driving the way people live. And it's like Drake said in Emotionless, you are doing things for social media. And these kids are living in the social media era where if they make any sort of mistake or if they say anything crazy or if they look crazy one day, it's going to be blasted. Right. They, they there's no room 100%. for there's no room for error in being a kid growing up because someone who doesn't like you is gonna take that picture that you took, find it and add a meme and it's gonna go viral and everyone's gonna laugh at you at school. And, and that's how this all plays out. So it's like it's it's kinda like social media is like thinly 
connected to everything that is going on as far as why people do things, how people know things, and how they feel about themselves. Well, that brings us to our next topic, though. And this is the final topic of the main portion of the, the show. This goes into the Justice for Junior conversation. Because I would love to know from you, though, one, if you were okay with that video being live for people to see. of what. And, and for those of you who don't know what happened with Justice for Junior, a young man who was 15 years old. And His name was Lissandro Guzman Feliz. Actually, got that. All right, cool. I, I, um, phone. it was in the Bronx, right? Yeah, it was in the Bronx. It, it was in the Bronx in front of a bodega. I, I okay. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna have a hard time with this Want because I'm, I'm gonna have a hard time with this because I know all the details. I just refuse to watch the video. Okay, and it makes me mad. The bodega, the bodega owner thing pisses me off more than. In fact, go for it. Okay. So there's a video that's, that's <laughs> there's a video that's out of uh, Lissandro uh, Guzman Feliz, also known as Junior, and he is seen running. There's actually multiple videos out, but he's seen running into a bodega where there's a couple guys working, and the vi- the most popular video is the one of him being dragged out by several young men who are like 19 to 20 and more, and they. Eat, a couple of them have machetes and they start stabbing him and after a while they run off and from there junior is only left to literally he he gets up as best as he can being really injured i'm talking about his whole body was red his legs were red with blood and he's a block away from a hospital and you see him running out of the out of the shot. And so what happens from there that the video doesn't show is that he doesn't make it into the hospital. There's another video that shows him and he's crouched against the wall and there's people around him trying to help him. And I think at this point, um, he must have died. The, the hospital emergency room is literally directly, diagonally across from him. He was probably 30 seconds away from the emergency room. Um, that's the main video that has come out. The other video that has come out is from the, from the bodega interior where you see him run in and he's trying to, he's yelling at the bodega owners. They're getting, they're, they're looking for me. They're trying to get me and he's trying to spill out the information as fast as he can. And he tries to immediately climb over the the counter where you know where they pass money and at first the bodega owner is trying to push him back because he doesn't know what's going on this is all very quick mind you um and eventually you see and this is like within a split second you see him pulling him down behind the counter so that he can hide so that the guys don't find him what ends up happening is they find him And at that point, I think he had peaked up or something like that. At that point, the guys come in, drag him over the counter, and do exactly what I said happened in the first video. Um, There has been a lot of unrest in New York. I just okay. I'm gonna only jump in on this one part because I don't, I don't really didn't want to have this conversation because it's way uncomfortable for me to talk about this than it is anything else because it's a fucking little kid and you have two fucking grown adults that could have fucking helped and they didn't. 
that says volumes well, about your character. No, there's no well to that. No, no, no. Yeah, you can't you know, well to that. Well, you haven't seen the video. He, he, I know. I've read too much. Did you read that they called 911? I don't give a damn. You see what... The, you see what's going on. Listen, you are adults. Listen, I, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to say anything that's going to upset anyone. But I have to say, and if you saw the video, I don't know if that would change your mind because you're coming from a place of reading something. You're not coming from actually seeing the situation and what you I'm would actually gonna, do. I'm never watching it. Okay, well that's fine. It. But all I'm saying to you is, fear, fear. Yeah affects people differently and some people freeze up when they're afraid some people take action there is a video of this little baby dangling from a balcony three four stories up and that that guy climbed all those stories and saved that baby now would everyone do that or would they just watch would they be held accountable if they didn't do that I don't know but everyone seems to think that in any given situation this is what has to be done or else you're guilty as well. And in a situation like that, when there's three to four machetes and multiple guys, I don't know. I honestly, I like to put myself in situations. If I was that bodega owner, I don't know what I would have done. I don't know what, because when you watch the video, everything happens so fast. Everything happens so fast. And could he have done more? I'm not sure because the video only shows us so much. I do know that he did try to help him down. He tried to hide him. They found him anyway. Some people were saying, oh, they should have locked the door on them. There was no way for that to happen. They were already inside by that point. So everyone has these like judgmental things of what the bodega owner should have done. He should be out of business for the rest of his life. Honestly, when I see the video, I'm like, wow. This you happened in a wait matter. A second. This I'm, happened in a matter a, of no, fifteen no, seconds. Like you get past this. You are a part of that community if you're a bodega owner. You are yes, a part of the community. You are. are you not? Yeah, you are. Do you not know families in that area? Do people not come in of there course. consistently? Of course. So there's a high probability that you've either met his family members, you met him, I you know who the one. fuck he is. I so the, the, the point that you're not putting yourself in a position where you can actually help that kid, you can't be fucking serious if you done? think you can't be serious if you think the community should want to support you at all. No, I can understand the community Period. not wanting to support him. I can understand that. My thing is if we are not in the situation ourselves, it's hard to say you should have done this. Because let me tell you something. There's a lot of situations that people go through. Little situations. A girl gets cheated on by her boyfriend. You know what people say? Leave him. But they're not in the situation. Now, if they were in the situation, no, I'm not, 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 not trying to not compare same, something man. trivial. I'm just not saying that everyone is so quick to say, this is what you should have done. And... If you look at the video, it happened so fast. I honestly don't know how that situation could have played out in a better way where he could have saved him while he was in the store. All right, I'm not gonna address now that. after not, now after he left the store. Uh, if he wanted to take drag him to the hospital, because mind you, like I said, do was, anything. Yes, I'm I agree with. I'm a, yeah, sorry. you are yelling at me, and sorry. I was gonna say something. But Just I'm like, do I know anything. You're passionate, like, but if, you, you can't. 
You really just cannot sit there and be like, I didn't see this video and this is how I feel. You really cannot do that because this is a type of situation where it's almost like watching a play in basketball and they have to review the tape to see is that a foul or is that not. I'm not, I'm not really trying not to trivialize this. I'm saying you have to see this with your own eyes multiple times to see how crazy the situation is because just hearing it, it's easy to say, yeah, you should have done this. Hearing something and saying I, I am not. I'm not. Hold on. Things. I have not said you should have done this over this. The but only thing that I've said. The only thing that I. The only thing that I said is do more than what you did. You don't even know what they did. Do, I don't. What do they do? What? What did they I, do? Wait, wait, wait. I don't know what they did because I've read it versus me seeing okay, it. I don't so know what, what did they, they do? did. Wait a second. Are you? But that's what you're saying. That's your. I'm saying you can't give a full synopsis of what should have happened if you have not seen. I it. can't wait. I can't tell them how they can fix the situation. No, because I'm not there. Mm -hmm. I physically can't tell you how you fix the situation. And if you saw but I can the video, maybe you would see that. That what you would probably think to yourself, well, what could have been done? But instead, you're assuming something more could have been done because of the outrage that's pouring in against this owner, as opposed to, and this is what I have an issue with. Yes, there can be outrage for this owner, and I understand that because everyone's going to feel That's why I was like, going to move off that part of the topic because I feel like I'm piling on him yes, and not you getting are. to you're the doing source exactly of exactly what everyone else is, and not getting to the source of the issue because a. The only reason I'm even I even got outraged by the owner thing is the minute I found out the kid is telling you guys what's happening, and he did he did, he barely told them it was literally like okay I'm not gonna over. I'm not gonna stick on you're making anymore. it seem like Let's, wait can we you're, move make, to the, you're to the making gang it, you're, ma you're making it seem like Junior walked in explained what happened and they're like okay cool and they had time to do this there was no time whatsoever imagine being a store owner and someone runs in. Whether they're part of the community or not, you don't know what kind of dealings they have with anyone. Mm -hmm. Someone runs in and tries to jump over the thing while they're telling you what's happening. As a store, a bodega store owner in New York City, where bodegas get robbed every single day. Do you really think that as someone who's lived in New York City and they know the culture of where they live in their neighborhood, where there are these gangs, mm -hmm. do you really think they're going to jump and say, oh my gosh, yeah, let me help you? Or do you th are you going to think in that split second, oh my gosh, what's happening right now? I don't know what's happening. Is he trying to rob me? Is he trying to do this? And at the moment when you realize he's not trying to rob you, you do help him. But everyone is g going so hard against this bodega owner. Like, New York is the safest place to be in that it was so obvious this kid needed help initially that he could have done something to prevent the machetes even hitting him is what I have an issue with. I feel like in New York City, and I've noticed this within myself, and I don't mean to get hype as well, but I noticed this within myself. I've been living here for 10 years. I can tell you that within that 10 years, I've changed. When I see crazy things happen, I try and stay away from it. I don't even try and figure out what's going on. I'm never going to be that person that's going to take out my phone and be like, this looks like a dangerous situation. Let me take out my, my, my phone and figure it out. I'm going to be that person that's going to be like, let me mind my business over here because I don't want to get hurt. I feel like living in New York makes you immune to where you, where you see crazy things happening or violent things happening. You don't even want to be a part of it because we see it often got it now let's move on to the gang okay so i have a huge issue with the leader issuing an apology which you can't 
I don't know how else to say this. If you're the parents of the child, you can't possibly look at that and go, oh, yeah, well, we forgive you. There's no way. Because you can't. Br- Apology doesn't bring my kid back. The apology should have never happened. It, it's meaningless. Basically. It's absolutely meaningless. Oh, we, we misidentified. You know, wrong person. Well, you know it was a setup. Wrong person. It was a setup. The person that I have the, the, the biggest issue with in this situation is the girl. Wow. That's you. Wait a second. You. If I have the story correct, because I, I read several stories. Who? Who? What? Why? Okay. So the story that I read about why this even happened in the first place. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, because like I said, I read several stories about this and they all kind of like wavered a little bit. The girl who had sex with someone who was not her boyfriend, but I guess her boyfriend was there, had the tape or whatever, released the tape on Facebook. The boyfriend did, supposedly, according to this girl, of her having sex with someone else. Her family members, cousins, brothers, whatever, who were all involved in this, when they found out about it, they asked her, who did this? And she said it was Junior. And so in order to retaliate against Junior, because everyone's trying to make it seem like, oh, he looks like her boyfriend and that's why. She was the one who, who gave them the tip to get Junior because she was protecting her boyfriend. So in order to, to, to make sure that Junior was going to be at the right place at the right time, because she knew him, she said... She called Junior up and said, I need $5 for train money. And that's where he was on his way to when he was walking. He was walking to her house. And because she set him up in this way, that's how these gang leaders knew where to find him. If she had never done that, this would have never happened. Why is she not in jail? I don't know. I, everyone's wondering. That's why I'm talking. Everyone's wondering. Uh, what? That's why what? That's, you don't believe the story because she's no. in jail? Oh. The, the, she would be in jail right now. The cops wouldn't play around so with that. So what do you think this She would be in jail. That's bullshit. Okay. Like, she would be in jail. I'm serious. That's how the cops would go, that's premeditated. You are a part of the premeditated murder. Well, so what's the story then? There's a video. Mm-hmm. They see the video. They're trying to put the two video? and two. They're trying to put two and two together around who did what and who is this guy. Wait, what's the video? The, the sex video? Supposedly. Okay. Supposedly, and they don't know who it is. They're getting tips from everywhere, like, oh, this person looks like this person. This person looks like that person. They're like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's him. So why do they care about who's in the video? Because they feel like what she's done. It's not only disrespectful, but you guys know, everybody in our hood knows that we're together. So how did this even happen? You're saying the boyfriend of this girl. Whoever that, whoever, whomever this, this extra, wait, like, whomever, whomever this extra guy is though. Mm-hmm. They're saying everybody knows we're together. Mm-hmm. So clearly you went out of your way to embarrass me. We already had that conversation. I'm not going to go back to that. Yeah. Whole nother conversation. All right. I'm embarrassed. Mm-hmm. We will find whomever this is. No tip, no nothing. Just we're going to find. And these motherfuckers is acting like they investigative journalists. 
No, you're not. Who's these? Who are who the gang dudes? So the why why are the gang people invested in finding out who this is? Because someone in the gang believes some bullshit that his girlfriend was cheating on him, and they're trying to figure out who this person is. Well, Junior, the guy that looks like Junior wasn't in this video. It was someone else supposedly? This is what I heard. So I'm saying all this to say, you end up looking for something that doesn't exist. And you're trying to connect dots that don't fucking exist. Not you. I'm talking no, about yeah, I know, I know. the fake journalist. Right. The fake journalist in the game. And then you kill somebody for no fucking reason. Which is even... I don't know, man. I, I just feel like the story's not adding up as far as the motivation behind it. There are things that are being left out. There are things that do not make sense. And for it to be that simple, I don't know. I don't know. And that's why that's why the story that I read, I was like, wow, this is crazy. Because I can imagine a girl protecting her boyfriend. Look at Tintashian's ex-girlfriend. After everything that happened with them, where supposedly he left, left her captive in a room for two days and beat her and she had to get money for her eye surgery and she was going blind. After everything that he went through with supposedly with his ex-girlfriend, she went back to him multiple times. So the story of this girl in this junior situation protecting her boyfriend, knowing that gang members were looking for the guy who did this, she doesn't want them to kill her boyfriend. Hey, my friend looks just like him, get him. Or the guy that I know looks just like him, get him. I could see that being a thing. And I'm not saying this is what actually happened. I just think there's a lot to the story that we just don't know. And it's disheartening. And that's why I asked myself, what are these kids, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, going through right now that this is okay? And they thought they were going to get off scotch-free, but they're sitting up in the courtroom crying and acting like they don't speak English. Like, what is going on? Like, what is really going on? And I, I do think that, and I was telling you this earlier, I do think that the, the, the triple X death sparked this in a way where it gave these guys more confidence to carry this act out and succeed in that way. And I think it's unfortunate. And it's really sad. And I think the, the state of kids in America, not only in America, but in New York especially, where they're shutting schools down left and right. 14 schools have been shut down in the last couple months. And it's because of low performance. And I don't know, I, well, I can tell you it ties directly into this gang activity, this um, kids not getting a good edu education, no extracurriculars, people have more time on their hands. And now it's become this situation of bullying, not only bullying, killing. I can't tell you how many times I've heard of deaths in the Bronx just from last year alone. I remember listening to the news and that would always be the area where someone would be dying because someone did something to them. It's, it's insane. It's insane. So there, there's just too many conflicting stories about the... Why, why it happened, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's... Um, and what do you think about the guy? The, supposedly, it was uh, uh, them trying to retaliate against another gang that had done them wrong, which, whatever. That doesn't even make sense, because how would he even be tied into that? Uh, yeah. The, the whole... 
I told Avia before this, I didn't want to talk about this because the whole thing makes me nauseous. Like, genuinely makes me nauseous. Like, I really... I live here, man. Like, I live in New York City. So, the shit, shit like this happening, just like... I can't have a family here. Oh, I already knew that. There's no... <laughs> no, like, no, no, I'm saying, but like, there's no way... You... What? He's not doing anything. Like... Like he was you know how the media, no, but, you, but you know how the media tries to like find dirt on somebody, especially minorities, and they're always like, "Oh, well, he did this, so you he know." Was, I heard that they're charging the murders as uh, murdering a cop. Did you hear about that? Because he was in that police academy program, and so they're charging everyone as as if they murdered a cop, like on that level of charges. Anyway. Um, no, I didn't hear about that. There's I just, a lot. A lot I, I, I just felt like it would be. I just felt like we should have addressed this because if we're gonna address a famous superstar rapper who got killed, and it wasn't for him being the way he is, where popping off at the mouth and saying things where he could have easily gotten killed years before that, and this situation where this kid is on the straight and narrow and getting killed two days later. I just felt like there's there's this parallel, and they both did not deserve it, but it says something. It speaks volumes when it happens in that short amount of time. All right. We're going to do the do's and don'ts. I know. Heavy so episode. Um, hopefully, you guys enjoyed the topics. It was a lot. If you agree or disagree with anything that's been said in this episode, please comment. All right. I will be starting with the do's, and I will be doing the don'ts. For the dudes, it's summertime, ladies. I hope all of you guys are having the best of days so far. But what I want to do is let you guys know, you have to manage one big thing during the summer dating season. One huge thing. Manage your commitments. Like, manage your commitments. And what I mean by that is, if you're committed to doing some stuff with your friends, don't break it off of this random guy. Do not. If you committed to being at a date at 2 o'clock and you know you can't make the next date at 5, just tell them up front wow. in advance. Ball I'm not going to be able to do both of these today. Just be honest. Wow. Like I got a lot of stuff on my plate. Double books. <laughs> and then, even more so. It's summertime, so we know things can happen that's crazy when it comes down to commitment. But your first commitment got to be making it to your job. So I've met plenty of women in my day that when it comes down to a good Thursday drink out, because don't don't ask me why, but Thursday for whatever reason is still a Friday. I don't understand. I'm never gonna understand. Because a lot of people have Fridays off for summer Fridays. Not my job, but yeah. But on a Thursday, people tend to act like it literally is Friday, as obvious saying. So please do me a favor and just stick to your commitment of making sure that you can make it into the office the next day. Because one too many of those will get you out of a job real quick. That's it. Then you really have a summer vacation. <laughs> Ow. Uh, now it's time for the don'ts. Don't. That was bad. Don'ts. Don't. Was that better? <laughs> it was all that. Okay, that's it. Gentlemen, and this is a personal thing for me, but I'm sure that this can be applied across the board. If you know 
a girl and you've tried dating her, but your tries at dating at dating her have been half-assed. Like, oh, we should hang out sometime. Oh, let's get up. There's never been any plans made. No, nothing set in stone. A date, a time, a place, a nothing to RSVP to. Don't slide in her DMs when she posts a really good picture of herself and be like, hey, why are we getting up? Or hey, yo, you never hit me back. Or hey, oh, why didn't you? Why didn't you? Why didn't you? It's always some guy that's trying to talk about why didn't you when they see a good picture of you and want to slide in your DMs and all of a sudden make it seem like you didn't do something to make things happen. No, gentlemen, you did not do something. You did not follow up. You did not call her. You did not commit to the plan as Lawrence said, commit and follow through. So now you wanna follow through through a DM because you see a picture of her and you like it and you remember how good she looked. Why don't you follow through with the phone calls because you got her number. Most of y'all DMing these girls and you have their number. Utilize it. I just have an issue with it. If If you're about somebody, be about them, but don't set these false expectations of, hey, we're gonna get up and then be ghost and then when she posts a picture of herself in a, in a bikini off the shores of Miami, you want to all of a sudden be all up in her face through a DM. So don't. Before we turn on the music, which will be X uh, leading us out, I just want to say please catch us on SoundCloud. Catch us on Instagram. Google Play, iTunes, Instagram, and even Twitter and Facebook. And just like that, she's